Christchurch, New Malden, 11th of July 2021. Katie Lofman speaking in the series, Hope Amid the Broken Signposts, The Longing for Justice. Hi. How do we know whether this world, this universe, is all that there is? We live in a physical world that's full of beauty and wonder, but it's also full of pain and suffering. It's a huge planet, the perfect home for all sorts of life, but in many ways, it's a limited world. So we search the universe looking for other planets, and we search this planet looking for a better life. We scrutinize our lives looking for meaning. What makes humans do that? What are we looking for? It's as if we think that there's meaning beyond what we can see, that the world should make more sense. Is there an explanation that will make everything fall into place and suffering and injustice will be put right? Something that will make our own lives truly make sense freeing us up to be the person we know we really are. Something that will satisfy our longing for more than this world. When I was a child, I used to collect mugs. I had some really nice ones. A handmade pottery one that I bought from a potter. These are not my mugs, by the way. Mine weren't quite as nice as that. But I had a lovely handmade pottery one. I had one with a tortoise on it that I got with an Easter egg in it, one Easter. I had another one which was a souvenir from a place that I went on my Duke of Edinburgh ward. You know the kind of thing. Well, one day when I was about 14, one of these mugs got broken. And I picked up the pieces and as I held them, I started crying. And then I looked in the cupboard to check on my other mugs and I looked at each one and I thought of all the mugs I used to have that had got broken over the years and I started crying even more and I was inconsolable. I think what was hitting me was that nothing is permanent. It will always be like that. Mugs will break. Things disappear from our lives. People disappear from our lives. In fact, there will come a time when I'll disappear from life. Death and loss are a natural part of life. So, given that, why did I expect my mugs to not break? Even though I'm really careful, they always do but I still expect them not to. Gerard Manley Hopkins, who's an English 19th century poet, he captures that in a poem called Spring and Fall. A little girl called Margaret is crying over the falling leaves in autumn. He tells her she'll get used to seeing them die each year, but what she's really crying for is mortality in general, including her own impermanence. The blight man was born for, he calls it. In nature and in life, things break. They die. And yet, we still feel a sense of outrage and perhaps even injustice when that happens. 
That's not learnt from anywhere in nature. Nowhere in the natural world is that the case. So where does that come from? Ecclesiastes says that it comes from God and it's both a gift and a burden. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 10 says, God has set eternity in the human heart. So that means we know that there is more than this. And yet he's placed us in a finite world. And that, says Ecclesiastes, is a burden. And yet it's a gift because it enables us to know God. This is one way in which we're made in the image of God. And we reflect that. We reflect some of his character. So we live in a paradoxical state where we have an instinctive knowledge of permanence and eternity and yet we live in a finite body in a finite world and it's the same with the idea of justice we all have a keen sense of when something's not fair even from early childhood it's innate i wonder how many of us have had this said to us my mum always used to say the world isn't fair. My mum always used to say, life is never fair. And yet we still think it ought to be. Why? Why do we think that life ought to be fair? Where does that come from? All of us can recognise injustice in the world and we can recognise injustice when people have too many cups. Especially when we're on the wrong end of that injustice. And yet, when life is unfair in our favour, Quite often we're happy to go along with it. I used to work with someone who was quite rich. She and her husband lived in a very smart part of London and they owned a grouse moor in Scotland. And they went to the sort of parties where people wear actual tiaras, not plastic ones from party shops, but actual real tiaras. She said that when she was a teenager, she discovered socialism and she agreed that everyone should be equal. But then she realised how much she would have to give up for that to happen, and she soon stopped wanting equality. I wonder how many of us are the same, if we're really honest, even if we don't own a grouse more. And when it comes to wanting the best for our children, some people will do everything they can to give their children an advantage in life, even if that's at the expense of other children. We say we believe in justice and that unfairness is wrong, except when it's unfair in our favour. But even when we do genuinely want a just outcome, sometimes it's impossible to tell what would be just, because doing what's right for one person seems to be completely wrong for someone else. You've only got to look at modern-day Israel and Northern Ireland to see that. If only we could work out what justice would even look like in those situations. So this is another paradoxical state. Humans know that justice matters. We hope for justice and we believe that there is a fair outcome out there somewhere. But so often we fail to find it, even with the best of intentions. And often, the desire for justice gets corrupted along the way because it would mean giving up too much privilege. 
In his book, Broken Signposts, justice is what Tom Wright calls a signpost. It points to something that exists beyond the here and now. And that tells us something about God's kingdom. The fact that all humans understand justice and believe that it's a good thing, something to aspire to, all points to the fact that true justice does exist somewhere. But the fact is we constantly mess up and justice gets perverted in one way or another. Or often, if, even if justice is done, it can't bring back what was lost or the sense of hurt that was caused by the injustice. The signpost is a broken one. It points to something beyond us, but it's a bit like these road signs that don't know their left from their right. So are we silly to long for justice? Is it futile to work, for, to work against injustice? as so much of our work at Christchurch is about working against injustice, whether it's through charities like the Lunch Bowl or the Grapevine Lunch, some of the things, other things that we do here. We concentrate on working against justice, but is that futile? Well, no. Justice may be a broken signpost, but it's still a signpost pointing at something. It gives us a glimpse of something beyond ourselves. It shows us that there is a God of justice who will put things right. In our reading from John, Jesus talks about a time when everyone will be judged and evil doing will be condemned. But he also says that those that come to him and listen to him will receive eternal life. Jesus defines justice as pleasing God uh, in verse 30, he says, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And this is the clue to the search for true justice, the desire to please God, to have our entire sense of right and wrong tuned to his wavelength. Jesus himself didn't make up his own mind, but he listened hard to God, and we try to do that too. And when we do, our judgment gets refined and our innate sense of right and wrong is fine-tuned into alignment with his. And this makes it easier for us to recognise injustice when we see it. And we become less tolerant of injustice. Being in tune with the way God sees things shows us when it's right to be outraged at what we see and to work to put it right. It's that eternity that God has set in our hearts that gives us the ability to do this. We're made in God's image and when we judge only as we hear, like Jesus did, and we seek to please God in our response and in our actions, then we're acting in his image and we're bringing more of his kingdom into the world. When Jesus was on earth, he was God dwelling with humanity, just as God dwelt with the Israelites in the tabernacle and then in the temple. 
The Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and in the temple was a place where the priest could meet God on behalf of his people. And when Jesus came to earth, he was the place where God and his people met, both in Jesus' own body, which was human and divine, and in Jesus' ministry, where he chatted to people every day. And since Jesus' ascension, God dwells with us now through his Holy Spirit. We meet Jesus, we meet God in the Bible and in our worship and in the world generally. And it's through him, that through the Holy Spirit, that we can connect to God in our hearts when we pray. So not only do we have eternity in our hearts, but we have something of God in us too. And this is a powerful thing, and it means that when we go about our business, or we meet other people, and when we respond to a situation, we have the ability and the means to listen to God, as Jesus did, and to discern what would please him. And then using that judgment that he's given us, we can act justly in the situations that we find ourselves in. And when we do that, we're fulfilling our role as the body of Jesus here in this world. And we're acting as a signpost to a greater truth, the truth of God's righteous justice. Of course, that's not to say that we'll always get it right. And so much of what we find around us is completely beyond us. We're going to sing a hymn later which has in it the words, I cannot tell how he whom angels worship will satisfy the needs and aspirations of East and West, of sinner and of sage. Those are justice issues way beyond our own abilities. And yet, God calls us to act justly. We have eternity in our hearts and we carry the light of Christ, his Holy Spirit, within us. When we listen to God and we act to please him, our actions will have an effect. Yes, we can't solve the whole puzzle and we often encounter situations where right and wrong are just a complete jumble. But we can add some pieces to the jigsaw. And when enough people do that, we start to get a glimpse of the picture. We start to get a glimpse of what justice might look like. Those patches of justice that we start to emerge, those are patches of God's kingdom breaking in. It's pleasing to God and it gives us an inkling of the whole picture of God's ultimate kingdom. Before I finish, before I finish, I'd just like to say one final thing about justice. Yes, we all think justice is a good thing. And we see that God is righteous in his judgments. But actually, when it comes to the way that God treats us, don't talk to me about justice. What was the greatest injustice of all time? Was it just for Jesus to sacrifice himself for us? Is it just that everything we've ever done wrong will be washed away when we bring it to him?
Is it just that we gain eternal life in God's presence because of what Jesus went through? That's the biggest injustice of all. God's powerful, reckless, unjust love for us. And when we come to our final hymn, that spells out some of what Jesus has given us and what we've gained, and it's all in our favour. <laughs>